Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course. The Round 21 edition with a good, solid, hard-fought win against the Suns, keeping our finals hopes alive, and who better? Who better to, I mean, talk about it with than my co-host, <laughs> Macca. How you going, Mac? Oh, dear, oh, dear, so, yeah, man. All sorts of trouble from my ends. Microsoft updated everything at this point. And my team isn't working properly, so I'm just saying, people out there, I've got the bloody curtains, like it or lump it. Got the curtains, <laughs> the curtains yeah. are back. The curtains are back. back the curtains, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, but coming back to the most importantly, the game. Yeah, look, it was it was a good game, and I thought, you know, we looked like we were going to dominate a lot early in the first quarter. I thought we played pretty good footy, and. Then uh, in the second quarter, we I don't know what happened. They they started to get on top, and uh, from partway through that second quarter, there we we just didn't look as good in the third quarter. It was our inaccuracy shooting for goal, uh, absolutely disgraceful. And I think that we were very lucky that they were not lucky for the lad that got hurt, but we were lucky that there was a situation that. Um, it's, we had a chance to reset, and then I thought we finished the game off well and had a good win. But, yeah, there were parts of the game I didn't like, but when you consider, um, you know, that we had a very young back line and probably the youngest ever in an AFL team, um, almost inexperienced, but it was a good win. Yeah, look, it was hard to watch at times, wasn't it? But it was one of those uh, must-win games and, um, you know, we've struggled against teams that have come back at us after... We've, you know, got out to a good lead. So it was good and pleasing to see that we were able to hold off a pretty determined Suns outfit. I don't think they fired on all shots and I think they really missed Took Miller um, in the middle. Um, but uh, all that being said, it was a win and it keeps us in the game, mate. Yep, exactly. That's the whole point. Um, theoretically, we've, we have the opportunity to... Uh, finish in the finals but that that depends I think very heavily on next week yeah the Sydney game looms large I don't think we necessarily have to win the Brisbane game but we have to win the Sydney game to have any hope at all um, of finals and it does depend on what happens with Carlton and uh, and St Kilda and Geelong probably they're the three that we need to watch look thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube we've got a good audience in again as usual on both those platforms, which is fantastic. We appreciate all your support and uh, the fact that you get around us every week on a Sunday night. Um, and Macca, uh, we might as well just get straight into talking about the game. I, I think, um, yeah, I think I, my impression was that when Gold Coast decided to change their play style and they started to chip around it took us about a quarter and a half to really understand how to how to cope with that for a while they were able to chip through us and um you know in the second quarter and and a bit of the third quarter as well they were just chipping through us and it took us a while to reconfigure and it looked like at one stage it was going to bring us undone to be honest with you well they did and uh, they yeah did right they did actually uh they uh, changed the way they played. Um, before they were trying to go straight through and, you know, and we were just holding them up and then we were coming back at different angles and 
and made it in that first quarter. So at stages, we made it look easy. Um, second quarter, I thought that uh, Wits got uh, really on top of O'Brien, I thought, and uh, their, their midfield uh, started to get uh, firing. And, um, yeah, and as, and as the second quarter was drawing on, I just thought they were starting to look more dangerous and more dangerous. In the third quarter, it was interesting, though. They only, they only kicked three naught, and we had kicked naught seven. And uh, uh, how many games have we left the you know the opposition in the game when they should really be out of the game, um, with that inaccurate kicking? And you know, not all those points should should have been goals. They just should have been goals. But having said that, I still think we were very lucky in the sense of with that injury in the last quarter enabled us to reset and get our game going in because I think we finished very strongly after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether it, it had a massive impact. Uh, like Certainly it probably took the wind out of uh, Gold Coast sales a little bit. Um, uh, but you're right, inaccuracy again. Gettable, R- Riley Thilthorpe missing a couple. Um, you know, it just it's unforgivable by... I mean, we say it all the time. It's unforgivable by professional footballers and I understand pressure moments and all the rest of it, but... Riley's shots of goal, they were just technique issues, you know, and you would think that they would practice enough that they'd be able to execute um, under reasonable pressure, and uh, it's disappointing when they don't. The three that he missed, uh, every one of those three, if he kicked, was having a shot at goal at training, he would have kicked every one of those three. Um, and he allowed the pressure of it to actually, as you say, Affect not only sort of affect him mentally, it affect his technique, and they were, they were pretty poor efforts in the end. Yeah, look, I think they did well on Geordie Dawson. I think uh, Swallow did a pretty good job on him, but they seemed to uh, loosen that up when the game was on the line, and I, I think they went for a little bit more of an attacking approach. But uh, certainly, shutting down Geordie Dawson uh, was a good strategy for them. That being said, uh, my mate Manny Crouch again uh, uh, had a good game and uh, again uh, proving his worth when he's able to to use the ball by footmaker. Look, I, I you know I think that the, the reasons that Manny used to get uh, criticised and eventually dropped were, were valid in the sense of the usage of the ball, but. I think his usage of the ball, he's realised his limitations, he's realised what he has to do to fit into the team, and I think I think he's he's using it pretty well at the moment. And Lou's asking if I'm going to the park to do some goal-kicking tutorials again. I'll bloody do it. I'll bloody do it. And you probably kick them, feet. Just show them up. I couldn't kick them from 50, but like if we discounted, if we gave me... Uh, 10 metres for every decade that I'm older than them. So how old's Riley? He's 20. So yep. that's... Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm over 50. So I should get 30 metres, which means... That yeah. I'll You're kicking from the goals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll kick him from 35, maybe even 40. <laughs> I'll kick him for forty. Everyone, everyone's talking cheap. I'll, I'll bloody do it. I'll, I'll go across the road to bloody Scotch, and I'll, it's not hard. It's not hard, is it, Mecca? Well, the thing is, it's it is a pretty simple thing, really. When you have a shot for goal, it's if you just you make sure you go back so you don't kick the man on the mark, and you run straight at at the goal, and you kick through the ball. It's, it is a simple act, and 
Like, you know, if they ask to put a pass 50 metres onto somebody's chest, but they'll go very, very close every time. Yep, it's a and, simple but, act. But it's a, it's a very simple act, but so it's psychological. And it, it just has to think, I want to kick this goal, not I'm scared I'm going to miss. That's a difference. That's, that's, a big, that's a big part of it, I reckon, I reckon, mate. They've got to own the opportunity, right? Instead of being afraid of what happens if they fail, they need to own the opportunity and, and uh, you know, this is an opportunity to get us further in front or to seal the game or something like that. It is a real mindset because most of the time uh, when technique breaks down, it's there's no extenuating circumstances. It's all in the head. When you can misread the breeze, I can cop that. You can... You can uh, you know, not make the distance for whatever reason. But when you see them, you know, just run out to the side or drop the ball crooked or don't line up properly or whatever. I mean, I hate just, all that crap. It's just the, the and that's what Riley did. The, the second one that he missed on the left, it just his technique broke down on his run on his run up. It was you could just see it happening. Yeah. That wasn't his normal run-up. He, he ran up, he, then he sort of ran out to the side, yet he was easily within range. And, of course, he did a great big quick, uh, uh, across the front of goal if he hooked it. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's not go on. I, I, I might do it. I might do it. <laughs> you should. You should. Then again, I might not. I, <laughs> I, I'll do it, but I won't mention <laughs> it if I'd stuff it up. <laughs> I haven't kicked the ball for a while. It would be like pull a hammy in the, at, at the second shot or something. Um, look, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, again, Macca, we have a debutante come in um, on on the back of an injury and do an extremely good job. And I must admit, I was mildly surprised at how well um, Paul Ace went. But I was also extremely pleased for the lad. He has persevered and persevered. And um, it just he didn't look out of place, did he, at all? I thought he had an excellent game. Um, I've, I've been one of the ones that doubted him uh, because uh, I've seen him play SAFL. He played well. Don't get me wrong. He's been playing well. But I worried about him for pace at the AFL level. But it it didn't show up at all at any stage. Um but he just looked like he, he fitted in straight away. He didn't look nervous. Um, I thought he... There wasn't anything he did wrong. In other words, every time he had an opportunity, he did it right. And, um, yeah, he, I, he, I thought it was an excellent debut, actually. Yeah, he understood our structures. He didn't um, try to do anything beyond his capabilities. Um, he defended very, very well. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, it just... That Silvers was talking last week about targeting a defender in uh, in the draft trade period. I don't think we need to. You know, it's interesting because that almost says to me that Duda's going. To make that comment, oh, I think he was talking about the fact that Murray was going to be out for a year, Butts was going to be out for a time, and uh, you know they are two key pillars, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, you're quite right because Murray's going to miss most of next year. Um, but uh, look, these boys did well, but I don't know that you could. It wouldn't hurt, put it this way, to put in a, a gun uh, player in there. Why? 
Well, uh, just to make it even more stronger, because, the, you know, these are young lads, and they get, they're going to get found out. Um, there will be games where they'll get found out because of either from uh, experience, through uh, height, whatever. But I, I still... I think, our, in my opinion, our main priority is to get a, uh, a very, very good mid. You know, and I don't know how we get it or how we can get it, but that would be my main priority. Um, if we can't get one, uh, then, yeah, the, get the defender. But definitely my priority would be to get a mid. Yeah, well, I've been talking a little bit about Flanders from the Suns, and he looked all right on the weekend. Mac, what did you think of him? I think he's very good. Played very well. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of talk about um, pulling out one of the Western Bulldogs midfielders, but I reckon Flanders would be a go. Well, look, I think I'd be quite happy to have him. I'm, you know, he's a very good player. He yeah. he gets a lot of the ball. And look, it isn't like he just did it one week. That um, that he's been doing now for ever since he's come into the side. He's been playing like that. He, he's very very good. Um, He's got he's got good pace, and um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm quite happy. I think I said last week I'm quite happy to pull in another defender from uh, from the from the edges from the state leagues or whatever. But I wouldn't be spending a lot of capital, to be honest with you. I really wouldn't. I mean, look what happened with uh, Macy, with Macassie. We spent all that draft capital, oh. on, and it got us nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that, that that was shocking though. That yeah, pick six right down the drain, right down the drain. Yeah, I mean the only good thing out of that is getting peddler with the uh, with the extra pick that we got from dropping down from four. Um, you know, and Peds looks like he's going to work out, but uh, gee whiz. Um, the other one that was of interest uh, was Hollands, and uh, he got subbed out halfway through the third Mac and. Um, he, he looks a shadow of the player that he was in juniors, and that knee, I reckon, has had a real impact on him. 100%. I've watched him every game that, uh, well, every game he's played this year, and in, it hasn't been one game that, that I've thought I'd like to have you in my team. He is just a player at the moment, and, uh, you know, as you say, he got subbed out because he was playing very, pretty average footy, and, look, he, he was... He was uh, uh, the ants pants when you know before the draft started and then uh, unfortunately he did that you know he did the the knee in it and he's just not the same player just isn't no no it doesn't have that explosiveness uh, speaking of which um joshua shelley um i thought would come out of the blocks uh but i was mildly disappointed with his effort mac i always put it in the stinker category thing and uh uh, you know, he he did get. I think he got one goal, but I did. There wasn't much about his game I liked, quite frankly. No, and he's dare I say it, he's starting to play like a bit. It's starting to look lately like a bit of a seagull, um, like sticking a foot in or sticking a hand in or trying to do the the. Uh, um, you know the the tricky stuff, and I just wanted to play solid football. Yeah, well, um, I have to agree with you because I thought he was pretty courageous and he used to go go after every ball and, and try to get every hard ball. Um, but, yeah, at the moment he just seems, well, as you said, like a seagull and I'm just hoping to get an easy swoop. Yeah. He, um, uh, look, 
young player, I'm not about to tear into him or whatever, but uh, uh, considering how high he went in the draft, you, there's some expectations. I think, rightly, we could have expected a little bit more from him this year, Mac, to be perfectly honest, and I think he needs a big off-season. Well, I think you're right, because given what he gave us last year, I mean, you know, we were delighted with what we got last year. Um, he had, He hasn't really matched up to that this year. He had one game where he did. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, uh, I think, we, we, yeah, he's got to have a good, very, very good uh, pre-season and come out uh, a little bit more uh, stronger and physically and, and get the ball. He said you know, he wants to play like Toby Green. Well, Toby Green gets a lot of hard balls and uh, rash, you know, you, you can't be mentioned the same breath at the, uh, at the moment. Oh, not even close. But, I mean, and that's... a. I mean, that's a fair goal to have. Um, a lot of people in the chat saying that he looked better in the middle. I, I must admit, I agree. It's a difficult spot to play that half-forward flank. Um, you know, you've got to be a little bit of an opportunist. You've got to know where to put yourself. But you've also got to make your own opportunities as well. And, you know, a, a bloke that does that with less flair and less skill um, but more output is Lockie Murphy. Um, and I think before Rochelle... Shelley can uh, look at Toby Green. He might just want to look next to him at Lockie Murphy in terms of attack on the ball and attack on the contest and and giving himself every opportunity to impact the play. Now, Murphy didn't have a great game. Is probably a, a bottom-end 22 player. But in terms of his effort and his ability to get to the contest, um, he's not a bad start for a young lad to have a look at, I reckon. Well, I don't think there's any player in the in the team that's got more courage than him. Mm. That's right. I mean, I, he, you know, he just takes some poundings where you know, and he doesn't he doesn't ever squib it. Yeah, it, no, never does. And what he does is he gives himself an opportunity. Like I said, he's not the most polished player. He's not an elite player by any stretch. He's good around stoppage, um, but up forward he makes he gets himself into positions and. Josh, I think, just needs to have a look at the work rate of someone like Lockie Murphy and just think, all right, well, if I'm going to be successful, that's the kind of work rate that I need to aspire to. Um, the other one, Mac, uh, that I think needs another off-season but is benefiting from just a little bit of a run of games is Harry Schomburg. Um Just seeing a little bit more every week of what Harry can offer, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I thought he had moments that he was very good, but they weren't enough moments. But that would exactly. be my criticism of him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um, I, I actually probably give him a little bit more than that. I might be biased because he's a he's a little pet favourite of mine. But um, I, I felt like he did quite a lot of work on the outside of the contest. Uh, and a few times he was quite... Um, quite instrumental in breaking a pack open or getting a, a, a clearance out of a heavy stoppage or whatever. And what I noticed was he's, he's sneaky quick. He's sneaky quick. He doesn't look like a quick player, but he is sneaky fast. Yeah, look, he only had the four, 14 disposals for the game and three tackles, but uh, those disposals of him, they did stand out for the very reason that you just said. He... He sort of burst from the pack rather than just uh, ran out of the pack sort of thing. He, he came out really quickly with good pace. So he's obviously got himself a little bit fitter. Now he's just got to get a little bit more of it. 
a little bit more fitter, a little bit more harder so that he can stay in the contest a bit more. He does get knocked off a little bit. Um, but again, what it shows is that you've got to give these lads a run of games. You know, he he had good form in the SANFL, not outstanding, but certainly good solid form in uh, the SANFL. And he's come in and they've given him a run of games. And every week... I feel like he's just improved a little bit more, felt a little bit more comfortable, felt a little bit more part of it and been a little bit more constructive. So, I, you know, it's an illustration of how a kid can just develop if you give him a bit of a run. Yeah, and look, I think that, you know, if he really got himself into peak condition and uh, 100% devoted to playing the very best that he could, that he can... He can be a very, very good player because he's got the he's got the assets. It's just a matter of him just toning those assets uh, to get the very, very best out of himself. If he does that, he'd be a very, very good player. Yeah. Well, the thing that I noticed in his first um, season was his ability to put the ball to the advantage of teammates in close. So he he had good touch and and good game IQ, I guess, in terms of putting putting the ball to the advantage and. Um, his disposal got a bit sloppy, and I think that was fitness-related, Mac, to be honest with you. Um, but we yep. saw a few examples, again, of his ability to put the ball into space and put the ball to the advantage of a teammate and a couple of really nice passes. I think there was one to Saligo that I remember after a really nice little take and a couple of others as well. So it's it, it's it's definitely worthwhile persevering with, and I, I'm glad that they've given him a run of games, even if they were forced to for, you know, reasons. Yep. yep. Um, uh, now, there was one other I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, yes. Uh, so it's come out this afternoon that Chase Jones is done for the season. Um, he's got a, a foot injury um, that is uh, going to keep him out for at least 10 weeks, I think, which is him done. Which is a bit of a shame uh, for him. Chase had been going so well. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, I forget the name of the bloody foot injury it is, but it's not a good one. N- so that's the somosis thing or whatever it's called? Nah, it's a different one. Syndesmosis you're talking about. Wasn't that one? Yeah, I can never one. List, List Frank, thanks, uh, Seal the Great, in YouTube chat. List Frank. Um, so it could be anything. It could be uh, a quick recovery. It could be a long recovery. So uh, he got got his foot caught under a tackle and um, was in obvious pain. And, mm. uh, yeah, real, real shame. Real shame for Chase. Um, but I guess it gives someone else an opportunity, doesn't it? It does, but I would have liked to see him because, he, he, you know, he'd finally become the player we wanted him to be. Yeah, and you know, a foot injury for a quick, explosive player like that isn't great. So uh, let's hope he has a good recovery. Um, yep. You know, so uh, we're still not too bad on the injury front. We've got you know, obviously a couple of long termers now, but uh, overall, still not too bad. The, the pleasing thing, Touchwood, is Mac that we've. I can't remember the last time we had a soft tissue injury. Can you? No, I have to say that. Uh... Our fitness man, Burgess, uh, he, I think he, he does a great, great job. When you have a look at uh, other yeah, sides, like, for example. Rankin's the last one. Yeah. He's the, almost the only yeah. one, I think. 
Yeah, comparing when you take comparatively, I, I just think he's done a great job. Yeah, you know, and we have a look at the other teams like West Coast, for example, where you know they've got uh, almost sometimes a half a side out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and which has to be something wrong with the way that they that they, their fitness training is. Well, I mean, we've we've seen firsthand um, what a, a, a poor fitness program can do. When Burton was here, and we had you know awareness of every bloody soft tissue injury known to man, um, and look. It's to me. It's not a. Uh, it's not a stretch to suggest that Matt Crouch and Brad Crouch, for that matter, have both benefited from different um, uh, fitness programs. Uh, Matt looks a lot freer than he did a couple of years ago, and so does Brad. They both had chronic groin problems, uh, but they both look like they're moving a lot better than they were a couple of years ago. Any comment, Dean? They are. Brad Crouch is actually really firing with the Saints, and uh, Matty is, uh, and, he's, and he's firing for us. Yeah, the thing about Matt is that he's got his kicking leg back. He can actually kick the ball further than twenty metres now. He's kicked a, you know, he he tends not to, but he certainly uh, it doesn't seem to be limited uh, in his in his um, uh, in his kicking like he was. And uh, look, the only thing I'd say about Brad, and this is a good seg- segue into uh, our our roundup of the week's results, Matt. I watched him this afternoon against Carlton, and he racks up the ball. But he does not hurt you. Does not hurt you. And he does not run. There was a there was an instance, I think it was in the third quarter on the on the near side wing, where he got three or four touches in, in the space of thirty seconds. But at no stage did he follow up. At no stage did he offer. He was always hanging back and it needed him to actually run through and get the one two or get the follow up and that's always what's been missing in his game, I reckon, Brad Crouch. Well, you are right because, uh, you know, if he was a, a great user of the ball, he'd be an outstanding player. He has no problem getting the ball. He can, he can rack it up as good as any other player in the comp. And he, and he's tough and he's hard and he's fast. So, but that, that is his downfall. Yeah, it's, um, it was just something that it, it just became noticeable to me that he just... Like there were times that he just his his teammate was just looking for that give, like Crouch had given it to him, and instead instead of running through, he just hang back. It's like, oh, Brad, you got to run through there, you know. Anyway, all right, let's look at the weekend results, Macca, because it was another interesting round. And on Friday night, we had the Bulldogs. Uh, what's the, what's the deal with um, Richmond? "Quote unquote resting Cochin and Martin in such an important game and Grimes. What's the deal with that? Um, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, there's one or two things. Either they're bullshitting, then they are injured, and uh, they just didn't want to say that. Um, or if they are resting them, then that's almost tanking. But um, look." It turns out I don't think they would have won if those players had played anyhow. Uh, in fact, I thought it was a very ordinary game for a Friday night, a feature. And you really want, and I think that the, that feature, Bulldog versus Tigers, is based on on history rather than where they are at the moment. Because um, the Bulldogs are far too good for the Tigers, far too good. 
And yeah, but what, what message are you sending your team when you when you rest two of your three best players? Like, I don't know. You, to me, well, you're saying, you're, oh, we don't care whether we win this or not, and that's exactly how Richmond played. Look, I agree 100%. As I said, it, it's, you could interpret it as a tanking message. I said that previously because, um, you know, if you're going to rest them and the better players will... The other players will. It's not a great example to the other players if they know that, that those guys are actually could have played. Mm. So, pretty ordinary, anyhow. And I thought the game was pretty ordinary. Um, I think the outstanding was Bonton Pelly. I think he he is. He's, I've never seen him in better form than he has been for the past few weeks. He was absolutely outstanding again. Um, well, he's a and big show uh, now he's a big show for the brown line now with Dacos going down. If he maintains that for the last three games and picks up another nine, yeah, I think he'd be a huge chance um, because he had, he's, he's had a real run of, very, you know, he's been probably about the last eight weeks or something like that. He's probably picked up about seven three. So, mm. yeah, he would be. Um, well, he absolutely, he dominated. And he's, he's got his old mate, Liberatore, who, for a number two, he's a very good player to have hanging around helping you. Um and they had their forward line actually really fired, but Eagle Hagen seems to have come good fiend. And uh, with Norton and Lobb, they actually gave them good targets and actually kept the dogs uh, in the eight for now. It would have been actually better for us if Richmond could have beaten them. But uh, I, don't, I don't think the Bulldogs miss out anyway. I think it's St Kilda, um, GWS, Carlton, other, other vulnerable ones. I think the Bulldogs are playing well then. They are playing well, yeah. And then on Saturday, we had the Bombers getting up in a squeaker by one point over the Eagles at Marvel. Um, gee, the heads would have been rolling for Brad's... <laughs> if they, they were up for quite a while and then West Coast just decided they'd uh, start playing. Squeak was the right word. I actually had the same thing written down here. They, they, they squeaked in. Um they only got that because West Coast hit the lead with about one minute fifty seconds to go, and uh, and they get you know Essen responded with about a minute to go, something like that. But yeah, they could have easily got done. They could have easily got done. They could they were, they were going easy at one stage, and, and but not dominating, but always looked like they had control of the game. But West Coast, in fact, quite a few games this year, West Coast second half has been quite good where they've actually outscored their opponents. So uh, when you consider the side they've got, that doesn't say much for Essendon, really. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, whether if, if Essendon were to make the eight, it'd be a, a waste of time because they're going nowhere anyhow. I'll tell you what, since Essendon blitzed us, they've done absolutely nothing, in my opinion. They haven't, and that's what should be. What did that happen that day? Yeah. All right, um... The boil over of the round, uh, Hawthorne, thirty-two point winners over Collingwood, and uh, a dirty game for Collingwood. Not only losing, uh, which they could afford to do, I guess, but uh, losing a couple of players. They've lost uh, Murphy for three or four, and they've lost Dacos for six or so. Yeah, well, not necessarily the shock of the round is the shock of the season, I think, because they didn't just win; they just dominated them all through the game. They never, ever looked like uh, going under to them. Um, 
Then the intensity overall was huge, and you know, Sicily set a very good example in the back line. Something, these three hundred kicks or whatever he got, thirty-seven disposals, nineteen marks, and ten intercepts. Like he was very handy back there. But there on board was also uh, Day and um, Newcomb. Now that you know, they're not big names, but um, in terms of what uh, Collingwood are supposed to have, but gee, they they won the midfield. They won. There wasn't too many areas that Collingwood would run at all. In fact, that, and that's two win. That's two losses in a row now for for Collingwood. So uh, yeah, Dacos was tagged out of the game before he got hurt. He only had I think five possessions or something like that. Um, a very good effort to, to do that. But yeah, he's not going to be around now for a few weeks. And uh, look, I just think they they start to become a little bit vulnerable for him. Uh, yes, Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood. Hawthorne, Hawthorne have been in good nick the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, you know, uh, they haven't been playing badly. Uh, and you wouldn't want a better coach to, to to bring up a good midfield than Sam Mitchell. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got that midfield going pretty well. Um, and you never know, Collingwood might just be loading up a little bit, training up a little bit. Well, the interesting thing is that... Uh yeah, they, they tossed out Clarkson who's, to, to put Mitchell in there and I think it's going to prove to be a very, very good move by them because the guy looks like he can really coach and he, he look and he can certainly get the players to play for him too. Yeah, doesn't mind playing young kids either. No. And then uh, Saturday night, a uh, pretty good game. It looked for a while like Port uh, had the wood over Geelong but uh, in the end, I just noticed Port get tired um, about five minutes into the last quarter. They just looked like that they'd run out of petrol, uh, Macker, and that's kind of how it panned out, Geelong by 12 in the end. Yeah, it, it, look, it was a hard game for me to watch because I hate both sides. And uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, Geelong has always been my number one hated side and probably number two. And I've got, with, you know, Vine with Richmond, and I've got the situation. Normally I, I like to back for a team in the game, but I thought, you know, I said to Mrs. Mack, this is, this is no good. I can't bear for either of these two. Torture. I don't yeah, torture. It, it was, but having said that, um, look, Port had seven out when you take out the injuries they already had. McKenzie uh, dropped out, and then uh, uh, Bergman, um, sorry, during the game, but before the game it was uh, uh, Finlayson and, and uh, was it Bergman? Yeah, Bergman. And... Uh, yeah, they they were reduced in terms of the quality of players that they put on the ground, but they do have an outstanding midfield. I mean, it is an outstanding midfield. Rosie, Butters and JHF, and I thought they, they absolutely dominate, and they were the reason that Port stayed in the game. Without them, I think they would have got flogged. Um, yeah, I'd probably know. throw Pepper Pig into that mix. Um, I thought he played pretty well yeah. as well. He, has, he does every week, so you're quite right. But there aren't too many other Port people that are... Uh, really playing all that well that you've just got to have them. And, uh, yeah, look, I thought those boys, they, they kept Port in it. Uh, they got no height. Port have got no height. And, and I'll give that young Ruckman a little bit of credit too. I think he's long-term, he's going to be a good player for them, but, you know, not for a while, but he does, you know, he does start to learn how to get his hand on the ball. But Not going too bad. Not going too bad. Yeah. Um, I, one that confuses me a little bit, and I wonder whether he's playing injured, is um, Todd Marshall. Um, Terrible. He's really tailed off. Terrible. Very ordinary. Very ordinary. Yeah. Um, 
Don't mind him, but his last few weeks haven't been good. I've never been a Marshall fan, see, um, because he can have a good game, but they but they are rare. You know, he, he doesn't. He's not good every week. Yeah, well, he had a good start to the season, Macca. He was playing well before the bye. Yeah, yeah I'm probably biased. Who cares? It's Port. Um, now, uh, I've got to ask a question, Macca. Are Sydney flying under the radar? Because that was a very good win against the Giants at Giants Stadium, and I know they're not in the eight; they're still in contention. They they are probably almost almost the form team of the competition at the moment. Uh, well, they won their last four in a row, so that that sort of backs up what you're saying. Um, it, it is interesting that um, less Buddy, uh, more Sydney. You know, um, it just gives them more options up forward, and they they do have options up forward, and um, you know they move the ball around instead of looking kicking bobbing in the direction of Buddy all the time. They just move it around to other players, and and I think you know um, uh, Gildan is probably very close to one of the best players in the competition at the moment, and Luke Parker's having a great season. Um, and yeah, look, most of their teams play reasonably well. And as you say, they probably are one of the form teams at the moment, Sydney. As I said, won their last four. Um, as far as GWS was concerned, well, it's the old story about Paul kicking for goal. They, they sort of kicked themselves out of the game. Yeah, to a degree. To a degree. I, I, you know, we're, Sydney traditionally have been our bunnies, uh, particularly at Adelaide Oval, but. Uh, uh, it's going to be a tough, tough match. It will be. Mm. Yep, agreed. Uh, and then uh, Melbourne doing what they had to do, 32-point winners against North, who put up a little bit of a fight, but it was uh, never going to amount to much down at Blundstone. Well, they, you know, they, they got away to a 33-point lead in, in somewhere 10-minute mark of the second quarter. But from that point on, now Melbourne just gradually wore, wore them down with their quality versus North Melbourne's uh, lack of quality. End up winning by roughly the same margin they were down by at that stage. And Petrarca, mm. uh, he played very well. Um, and um, what's his name? Pickett. Pickett kicked a couple of magical goals, three goals. In fact, he kicked one of them was an absolutely beautiful goal to watch. Uh, yep, yeah, just too good. Siebel played very well for a guy that's, you know, finishing up. He's probably the best player for the North Melbourne, but nobody nobody really cares. <laughs> well, you clearly don't. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. And then uh, the final game for the round turned into a bit of a thriller with the Lions prevailing in a very handy win for them uh, over in Perth. Uh it's a big trip for them, and Prio have been in a little bit of form, but uh, Brisbane getting up by three points. Yeah, look, um, Dunkley was he's one of their, their well, normally their best players just about every week. Uh, yeah, he had a real shocker for the first half of the half of the game, and uh, uh, Lucky Neil had a bit of an influence, but Prio uh, were well on top of the midfield early, and then, and uh, it was never. Uh, a great margin between the two teams, but Frio looked like leading most of the game and, and did lead. And then Brisbane would catch up at sort of thing. They were playing catch up all the time. But then in the second half, uh, Dunkley 
started to fire, Neil started to get a lot of the ball and they gradually wore them down and in the end just end up winning by a goal or two. So, uh, uh, yeah, well, two points, only two points in the end. But look, for a, it's, they can play some very good football on days and then other days they're just, they're just not there. So this is one of the days they were there and uh, uh, their supporters, you know, they think, well, why don't we do that every week? You'd have to wonder why. Mm, yep. And for all those who care, uh, sounds like the USA have just been knocked out of the Women's World Cup, Mac, which uh, gives us a little bit more of a show. No tears from me with their departure. <laughs> no, after they called Melbourne Melby. <laughs> uh, all right, Melby. So the latter, the latter uh, sees Collingwood still comfortably on top, uh, two games clear. Uh, from Melbourne, who are now in second spot over the uh, Lions on percentage. Uh, and Port now dropping down to fourth on percentage. So those uh, two, three, and four spots now very, very tight. Um, and then, God, it's a raffle from fifth to about 12th. We've got Carlton on 46, Bulldogs, St Kilda, and the Giants on 44. Geelong just out of the eight on 42, uh, along with Sydney now just out of the eight, but with inferior percentage on 42 points. Adelaide and Essendon on 40. Adelaide with far superior uh, percentage. Richmond with a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky chance, but not really. And then the Suns are now out of it. Uh, Frio out of it. Uh, Hawthorne finishing the year well. And uh, North and West Coast just uh, playing for the uh, number one spot. Yeah, I don't don't see Richmond's any chance, man. No, I don't think so. Mathematically. That's that's about yeah. it. The old so mathematically, very, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. When I did the ladder predictor, um, uh, I might even just see if I can throw it up here. Um, I ended up with, where am I? Sorry, just let me have a look. not going to work for me, I don't think. Oh, yeah, here it is. My ladder predictor, Macca, sees Connor mm-hmm. finish on top. Uh, Melbourne yep. on 68 points in second. Brisbane in third and Port in fourth. The Bulldogs in fifth. St Kilda also fifth. Carlton sixth, uh, seventh, sorry. And Adelaide sneaking in past the GWS Giants. That's my yeah, I'm thinking. And who do you like that, for it to be premiers at this stage, Fane? Oh, I mean, I, look, it's probably relatively wide open, but I still don't think you can go past Collingwood. I, I like Melbourne at the moment. I just think they're building nicely. They are building nicely, Macker, at the right end of the season. I agree with you. Um, you know, Brisbane can be flaky. Their best is really good, but uh, it's hard to know sometimes what, what Brisbane side turns up. And Port are just on the wrong end of a form slump, I think, and a couple of injuries, and uh, they seem to be limping to the final. So I don't know about them. Mm. Yeah, no, Port won't win the flag. I'll prepare a bit of money on that. Yeah, well, you've been saying that consistently. <laughs> Port won't win a flag under Hinkley. And uh, I, I think you're probably right. Um, outside of outside of the top four, 
I really don't think there's any chances, to be honest with you. I think there's a gap um, between uh, the the top four and the rest. But it's probably, yeah. when you look at it, it's probably the closest year we've had. Like there's, at the moment, um, if I just go back to where I was. Well, if you have a look at the ladder right now, um, you know, uh, fifth place is on 46 points and 14th place is on 36 points, you know. So between 12th and, and 5th, there's only, what, three games? Yeah, it used to be a, an old saying that, that after about round 14 or something like that, if, you know, the top eight doesn't change, something like that. But this is going to go right down to the wire, the top eight. Yeah, it will. It will. And we've got, you know, teams that have had the extra two points and all the rest of it, which may end up bringing us undone depending on how Geelong go. But, um, yeah, interesting one, Macca. Um, so all to play for. And, uh, you know, I still maintain that it shouldn't be our top priority at the moment. Um, but that being said, um, I don't think it'll do our players any harm to experience a final uh, without any real expectations, to be honest. Oh, I wouldn't have any expectation, no, that's for sure. But, uh, look, if we get there, well and good, but um, I think the, one, the good one, good thing we have, we've had a lot of young players get uh, blooded and we've had uh, and perform, and we're going to have a very good squad next year to pick from. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's have a look at our game, Matt, because uh, it was a pretty solid win. 13-11-89 uh, to 9-7-61, Crows by 28 points. Uh, we got out of the blocks really well, uh, got out to, I think it was something like 34 or 35 points uh, midway through the second quarter, I believe, and then it just uh, all fell over. 35, yeah, yeah, we did. And then, uh, yeah, we did. It just from that point on... Um, I think uh, they got they got six of the next eight goals after that, um, and all of a sudden it just made it a game. and And in my own mind, I was starting to really get worried, even in that last quarter. You know, I was starting to get worried, and, and um, I not that I wanted that bloke to get hurt, but that that break allowed us to reset. I, I am sure of it because we we were not firing too well. Yeah, I'm not. It didn't seem that way to me, Macca, but you might be right. I mean, uh, they kept us goalless in the. Uh, when was the last time two teams were held goalless in different quarters? Yeah, well, you know, as, as somebody says in the, in the chat, six behind straight in the third quarter really was the issue. And I suppose that made us look worse than we really were because we, we weren't scoring because brought six was only one goal. For the quarter, yeah, we get seven seven scoring shots to three in that third quarter. Well, seven, yeah. So, yeah, but we we were our own enemy to that uh, in in that sense, and so a lot of those goals were set shots that should have been kicked too. That was the frustrating part of it. But uh, yeah, look, we were the better team uh, over the whole game. Um, I don't have any doubt in saying that. But at times, for some reason, we just go off the boil and. Uh, and once they got hold of the game, it was very hard to get it back from them. Well, I honestly think, Macca, that we struggled with the um, with the change up. 
they changed the way that they played and that was that was it took us a long while to actually work through that they did yeah they they did and i thought they did it very well too and um as i said i was starting to get a little bit worried but uh well, you know, I just thought it took us. I suppose if we kick, I mean, instead of kicking naught seven or whatever it was in that third quarter, if we'd kick all goals, we wouldn't be probably having this conversation. Because um, they only got they only kicked three goals themselves for that whole quarter. Correct. So it wasn't like a so it wasn't like a sheer domination by them. They, I mean, we've actually had four more scoring shots to allow them back into the game, which was pretty poor. Um, so. It is that story of, you know, you get your opportunities, you must make the most of it. If you do that, I think it, the rest starts to follow after that. Well, we, we certainly kept them in the game, Maka. We certainly kept them in the game. Um, yeah. it, it was a game that that it we could have really killed it off uh, with some decent kicking and take, making the most of our chances. Uh, but to yeah. their credit, to their credit, they were hard at it. Uh, you know, they... They matched us for long periods of time in contested ball. It was a very hard physical game in close. And, um, you know, Matt Rao, for example, he didn't die wondering uh, in, in those clinches, and there are a few others. And they had a couple of targets up forward. So, um, you know, it was it was always one of those dangerous games where you never never felt comfortable, but it was mostly that way because we just didn't, we didn't put them away. Yeah, it was a very, very... Uh, somebody mentioned in the chat about the being a brutal game. Both sides had a record number of tackles for the season, for each of them. Uh, yeah. Gold Coast, their record number, our record number. So the, it was, you know, around the packs, it was no easy uh, easy going. So if you got a good clearance out of there, well, you did well. But um, most of them, there was a bit of bruising going on before you, before, before that happened. Yeah. Uh, some of the tackles were quite vigorous. Oh, yeah. So quickly running through the team head-to-heads, we had 381 to 317 disposals, 236 to 200 kicks, and 145 to 117 handballs, uh, 57 to 45 inside 50s, and our disposal efficiency um, was fairly even. Uh, if this hurries up and loads up, about 74 Pardon me, 74 compared to their 68. Our efficiency inside 50 obviously was better at 50.9, but that's scoring shots, not goals. Um, free kicks relatively even. I don't think the umpires were too terrible. Um, hitouts was interesting, Mac, uh, because like you, I thought Wits got on top for a little while. Um, we did. Uh, O'Brien did. I mean, it, he's a big boy, Wits. He really is. Um, and O'Brien... Um, found himself on the deck a few times, which he wouldn't be really used to. Um, but, you know, still ended up 45 to 41 in hit-outs. Except um, that Wits had 19 disposals, feet. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. That Wits was... They were using him a lot more in link-up play, uh, whereas mm. O'Brien was trying to clog up space. It was a different way that they were using their ruckman. Um Clearances forty six to twenty nine, center thirteen to seven, and stoppage thirty three to twenty two. Um, that actually surprises me because there was a period of, of the game. It was probably during the middle part of the game where they they seemed to get on top around stoppage. Yep, yeah, I, I agree with you totally. I was getting very worried at that stage. 
Uh, sorry, I was Hello. just having a drink. Yeah, I was just having a drink. Um, contested possession, 158 to 136. Uncontested, 227 to 177. Turnos were even. Uh, marks, 101 to 85. Marks inside, 50, 30 to 8. 13 to 8, I should say. And a really good return to form for Darcy Fogarty, I thought, Mac. I thought he was outstanding, actually, quite frankly, Fee. Um, I think that, you know, he was very, very high in our best players, Fogarty. Um, he had 19 disposals, 10 marks, 8 tackles, 8 tackles, and 3 goals too. I mean, that's, that's a really complete game for a forward, isn't it? Yeah, it's certainly. It, I mean, you get that output from him every week, you're happy. Uh, contested marks, 18 to 13, goals... Behinds, blah blah blah. Tackles ninety to eighty one, one hundred and seventy one tackles in a game. That's incredible. And I think for both sides, that's a um, that's an all time high. I think our previous high was eighty seven. Um, Correct. So massive and tackles inside fifty, twenty three to sixteen. Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah. So not a huge amount to take from that. I I'm actually surprised that our um, our, that we were 22 up on contested possessions and that we were 11 up around stoppage clearances as well. I, it didn't feel like that to me, Macca, did it? Oh, well, actually, I, I did think that most of the most of the day, except for that period when they uh, changed the way they played, I thought we did have a lot more of the ball uh, than them and uh, we were using it pretty well to, to, to change angles and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm. So I was pretty, yeah, I'm not surprised that there's a differential there. Uh, probably a bit more than I would have thought. But, um, yeah, I, I thought we did, we, most of the game did control the play, except for perhaps a okay. period of one and a half quarters. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just one of those games where, um, like I said, I never felt comfortable. Never felt like we were going to win the game uh, comfortably. I, I felt that like I felt we were in control, but we never put enough distance in front of uh, between us. In my opinion, oh, nobody can argue with that. that that's fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mentioned um, Darcy Fogarty up forward. I thought Tex. I mean, Tex obviously started like a bloody rocket. Um, in the first quarter that night <laughs> another little classic for the highlight reel with that little left footer sliding in um, he's not okay. disappointing at the moment is he no I, I think you know he's a little bit quiet with only two for the day but um, that one was an absolute beauty uh, you know a ruck throw in get the ball weave in and out and then a left foot dribble through oh, it was a great kick he's, well, he's got mean, a great highlight great highlight reel for the year oh yeah I mean, uh, what's his name? Collins? Is it Collins? The guy that uh, he was playing on? Collins, yeah. Yeah, brutal guy, yeah. yeah it, it, they had a pretty good They had a pretty good go, the two of them. He's, he's pretty comfortable. Yeah, well, yeah. No skinny Reed. Collins is a very, uh, he's a brute of a guy and, he, and he, he likes to play rough too. Yeah, yeah. Didn't mind it at all. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to bring up the player stats here. A bit of a problem with it. Um, keep talking, Maka, just for now. Okay. Um, well, you know, for, for me, um, 
Well, we haven't mentioned Hinge yet, and Hinge I thought was ab- absolutely outstanding in the back lines, and I thought he was sort of the general bat in the back lines, and he he's surrounded by about four very green players in terms of experience, but not in terms of ability. And I thought, uh, yeah, Bobby Bray said I was happy with the defence. Well, you had to be happy with the defence because they played very well. But I thought Hinge was the master and he was, it was, he was quite outstanding in the way he led the, the back line. Um, and, uh, you know, for Ball Ace to play as well as he did in his first game, um, yeah, and, you know, the other guys, uh, they did their job as well. Um, I never thought there's one little period there where I thought the, the tools had a little moment where I thought they were going to start to get us, but that that only continued, that didn't continue all the game. So I just think you know everybody did their job um, down down back. Uh, yeah, Laurel Laurel actually like a guy who's played a lot more games than he does too. Oh, he he does always does the right thing. Um, yeah, but oh, I agree I, with yeah. uh, I I agree with a couple in the chat. Uh, Hinge uh, will probably finish top three in BNF, I reckon. He's he's having a season, he's having a career season, and it's a bloody credit to him. Uh, and as I said last week, uh, you know, Brisbane would be bloody dirty to have let him go so cheap. Well, they, they, they delisted him. Yeah, that's um, right. He was a free player. Um, I hadn't got around mentioning Keane. I... I I've always liked Kane as a player. I, I did remember seeing him play for Collingwood when he was had uh, the four or five games with them. I think it was four or five. Um, but he played one really outstanding game with them, and I thought he I thought he was excellent again this week, Kane. And you know, I actually like him better at fullback than I like Butts, to be quite honest. Oh, Jordan Butts has had a funny season because in previous years. And we're quick to forget these things. In previous years, he's looked rock solid. Uh, but for some reason this year, and I don't, I'd like a hope to God it's got nothing to do with that early season concussion he got, but he just hasn't been the same player this year. Well, to me, and look, and that's a fair comment too, because he's always looked like, like he's injured or he can't run properly or whatever. It's either, either he's lost form or... Uh, he's injured because he's certainly not playing anywhere near the level that he was playing uh, last year. Last year, I was very happy with his form. But um, this year, I just think that since he's dropped out and Keane's actually uh, played only a couple of games, but I think, you know, he, he looks very, very good. Yeah, I mean, the, the worry, obviously, is when we get a couple of big tools, and we'll see that next week when we play against uh, Brisbane with Hitwood and... Um, the other idiot, what's his name? Uh, Dan Hare. Um, and they are you know, yeah, very. That, that's going to stretch us, um, but uh, it'll be a good test to see how we match up uh, on those two. And I think a lot of it has got to do with limiting ball ball movement. Uh, if you get those blokes in a, in a, uh, a cleared out forward line, one out, then it's going to be difficult. But if we can get them bombing the ball in a bit, then uh, we've got a bit of a chance. Um, let's look at some individuals, Mac, uh, now that I've got my shit together. Just hang on a second. I haven't got my shit together. Now I've got my shit together. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, young Mr. Crouch, as you'd uh, expect, uh, leading disposals, uh, 31 touches, 13 kicks, 18 handballs, 7 tackles, 11 contested possessions. Um, 
Let me ask you a comment about uh, Crouch. Would you get recontracted? Well, my position hasn't changed from last week, and we're not having another argument. No, it's not a, not to have an argument. It's just a yes or a no. My position hasn't changed from last week. What was it? No. It was. It was. Uh, I hope he can continue his AFL career somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting one uh, I because want to, I don't want to go there again. We're not having an argument, right? So, uh, okay. contested possessions, Crouch 11, uh, uncontested 21, two turnovers, two intercepts. He kicked a goal as well, which is very good. His uh, 273 metres gained, uh, four clearances, two in centre, two round stoppage. Uh, I'm trying to find his score involvements. Score involvements, where are you? Score involvements, I've obviously gone past them. Seven score involvements. So, a Pretty bloody good game from Matty Crouch again. No, look, I thought he played a very good game and um, uh, all the deficiencies he's had in the past, he's worked very hard to try to correct them um, and we won't say anything further than that. Yep, uh, and he'll be a very good um, a very good player for a midfield that needs that type of player. Um, I think he's benefiting a little bit from... Um, Possibly a slightly better midfield around him or a more balanced midfield around him than in the past, Mac. Um, and also not being the, the sole coalface player, I think him being able to ride shotgun with uh, Rory Laird helps him. He got a little bit of ball on the outside, um, which I think helps him. Um, and yeah, he'll, he'll look very good, uh, very good for uh, rejoining his brother at St Kilda next year. You think that's what will happen? Oh, I don't care. I okay. <laughs> I do care about the next bloke, Matty. Uh, Mitch Hinge, as I said. Also 31 touches, proving that uh, you don't have to be a midfielder to get 31 touches. 21 kicks, 10 handballs. And when Mitch Hinge is getting 21 kicks, you know that he's going to have about 10 million metres gained. We'll have a look. Seven marks, four tackles, um, 15 contested possessions. Uh, only turned it over five times. 14 intercept possessions, Macca. 14. Six score involvements. Um, 451 metres gained. Um, three stoppage clearances. Four tackles. Three inside 50s. Six rebound 50s. Um, just... Uh, is, he, is he all Australian? No. If the, if the selectors played it purely on form without any bias or any favouritism towards players of the past, etc., yes, because his form has been outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I mean, if you t- just take his last two games alone, he has been dominant, absolutely dominant. And, uh, um, yeah, if he, if he doesn't get in and, and a lesser player gets him up, I, I would be upset because I think he does deserve to be there. Yeah, a couple in the chat talking about him taking on more than he can chew. I reckon uh, he's got licence to do that. Um, nine times out of ten, he's going to uh, pick off an excellent pass. He only turned it over four times uh, out of 21 uh, kicks and 31 disposals. So uh, I don't think that's uh, a problem at all. Um, and he gives us so much so much direction off half-back in that rebound. That, that first kick, Mac, um, is so important. And uh, he's just doing it brilliantly. And when you, 
Like you compare his effectiveness to say Brody Smith, who had twenty six touches, twenty one kicks, and five handballs, uh, six contested, um, and uh, also seventy percent disposal efficiency, seven turnovers, uh, four intercepts, three score involvements. Like Brody Smith gained an extra two hundred odd meters, and yet Mitch Hinge was clearly the more constructive. Uh, player on out of the two of them, would I be right? Yeah, you're right because it, it, well, you can oh by a long way, uh, you can kick the ball fifty meters and it goes straight to the opposition. Well, you re- it records you kick the ball fifty meters, but doesn't record the fact it came flying back again. Whereas Hinge might kick it uh, sideways at twenty meters, and so therefore it doesn't gain any ground, but it might put someone out in the open to burst down the ground. So. Yeah, uh, those figures can be misleading. Yeah, um, I won't go through all of these. So Lady twenty four touches, fourteen and ten, relatively quiet by his standards. Um, Geordie Dawson definitely quiet by his standards, twenty three, fourteen and nine. Although I thought he did sort of work his way back into it in the last, last quarter. Let's yeah. see, he had eight disposals in the third, and set, so fifteen of his twenty three disposals after half time. Um, yeah. which was a good bounce back, but they certainly loosened up that, that tag on him. They had Swallow on him in the first half, and uh, he was pretty uh, pretty good at um, tying Geordie up for, for that first half. Yeah, I think Dawson can probably expect for the rest of the season to have somebody like that tagging him. Because, um, uh, I mean, he's so good, such a good player for us that well, probably is our best player. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that he's going to probably get a tag most of the time now. Well, and that's why it's important, Macca, that we get another midfielder in there, whether it's an existing midfielder that's coming through or uh, someone from another club. We need to get... Like, there were too many times we had Sloan, Crouch or Laird in with Dawson. Uh, There's not enough pressure on the opposition to look after anyone else but Geordie in those circumstances. Uh, what you're saying is that they have that really class player who can break away. So if they, you know, they pull their attention towards Dawson, they're going to have something can burst away and put them under under pressure. So you're quite right. I mean, you look at Melbourne with Oliver and, and Petrarca, you know, you can't see one of them because the other one will kill you. So that's that's a, a prime example of why like because you lose two players you, you it's just you just we just have to get more support in there and you're right if we look at uh, Harry Schomburg for example 14 touches only nine kicks five handballs but there were just signs from from Harry again as we spoke about before that uh, that he's just starting to uh, regain some form Mick uh, Mick Max Michelani, God, you got me saying Michelani now. Nineteen kicks off uh, off half back. Pretty good game, Mac. Yeah, I was happy with his game. I mean, he's had a pretty good year. For a guy who's playing his first year, uh, he hasn't really put in a poor, a really poor one. Um, he just likes to play footy, and he does well. Yeah, a couple of people talking about Jake Saligo and how good he is inside. He is exceptional inside, Macca. Isn't he? Yeah, totally. Uh, and the greatest of pressure, he can actually still find a player, which is really good. 
exceptional. His little his little sides to his lateral movement is excellent. His spatial awareness is really really good. He had sixteen touches, ten and six. Uh, Six tackles, ten contested possessions. I thought it was a really, really solid game in a really tough game by a young player. Yeah. He's going to be a long-term player for us. He's going to be a 200, 200 to 300 game player for us. And um, I reckon in the, in the long run, he'll be in the midfield and he'll be one of our stalwarts in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, Miller not as spectacular as last week, but still pretty solid. Nineteen touches, thirteen and six, um, thirteen uncontested possessions is is uh, good as that outlet player, and uh, has found the ability to go when he needs to now, Mac. So uh, that's what we need to see more from him. Yeah, the guy he played a handy game, um, not to the level of last week because that was out really really outstanding last week. But uh, yeah, I'd say he still played very well. Uh, James Borlase, we've already talked about 18 disposals in his debut. Um, looking after a key back is an excellent effort and uh, he should be commended. It'll be interesting to see what happens next week. They'll have to pretty much keep that configuration, I think. Um, he, I thought he's got nerves of still that boy because, I mean, he's played his first game and what was his disposal efficiency? It was very, very high. I mean, he's actually... 100%, wasn't it? I think it's 100%, yeah. 100%, yeah. 100, 100% disposal efficiency. Well, you, well, you played the first game, you get uh, 18 disposals, I think it was, wasn't it? And, um, yeah. you know, um, yeah. in a game that's a pressure-cooked game, and you've had 100% efficiency, you got to say, well done by the lad. You know, that was really, really good stuff. And yeah. somebody says he's got good pedigree, and he has got yeah. good pedigree. Yeah, Mark Borlase wasn't a bad player. Ten kicks, eight handballs, nine marks, four tackles. Um, as I said, 100% disposal efficiency. Um, he had eight intercept possessions, four score involvements, um, 150 metres gained. Um, just a, just a, didn't look out of place. And, you know, again, it begs the question, Macca, why did that, you know... I mean, he was never bashing the door down. As far as selection, and our back six is not easy to break into, but that's nearly two seasons that we've waited to give him a, a crack. Well, I, I don't think he deserved a crack last year. Um, this year, he's played uh, well, well in most of the games in the sample, and it was interesting that in the last few weeks before he got selected, he was going up to the coach and telling him, "I am now ready for AFL football," mm. and he proved his point and got the chance. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Lucky Murphy's an interesting one because, again, you know, you look at him, you think, bloody hell, he's so frustrating. But then he, you know, gives you 17 touches and one goal one and uh, works his ass off and you think, oh, if only he had a little bit more class about him. Well, he will always be what he is. I, I can't see him getting any class here. But I, but I tell you what, in terms of courage, I don't think there's any player in the side that's got any more courage than him here. He goes where angels fear to tread. And look, um, he's always going to be in, in that fringe area where um, if he has a bad game, people will say, let's get rid of him. And then he'll play a game like, uh, like he played on the weekend. And you'll say, oh, yeah, well, he's held his spot. But, um, yeah, look, he, he, he deserves his place at the moment and uh, if it's just on courage alone at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
be interesting to see. Uh, like they've signed him on for two years, so they obviously think he's part of it, Mac. Well, they do, they do, and he may well be. But um, it'd be better. I think we could hopefully get better, but um, because he, I mean, he is your. Uh, we'll put it this way: he's a blue collar worker player. So that way. Now. Uh, I've been remiss in saying, Mac, that, uh, of course, those... We've got 27, 27 in the live audience tonight, which is great. Vardy's there, champing at the bit to actually say something for once. Uh, but uh, if anyone does want something to... If anyone does want to have a crack, uh, stick your hand up and uh, we'll get you on. And as I say that, uh, I, I don't like the fact that this person's changed his name because, to me, he's Arab child. How are you, Arab? Hello, how are you guys? Good day, mate. Right, how you going? What's the number? Why, uh, why change the name, mate? I don't know. I just felt like changing it up. I'll change it back just for you guys. If you, if you wouldn't mind, thank you. I'll do it. I'll change it to the Arab Crow. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just going to ask. I was looking at um, Rory Laird, and I've been saying this in the chat and stuff, and... I want to ask, what do you think he's worth if we were put him on the trade table, and would you do it? Because I would, because I think we've got replacements for him, and he's just about to go over the cliff where I think we might as well use him up and get something for him. But the club won't do it, obviously, but I'm just saying if we would. Yeah, it's a tricky question, isn't it, Fane? Because... um... I'm sure that Leeds is one of those players that's seen differently by different sides, and it's it's not like you know if you put out a Bonton Pelly out there, everybody says, "Well, I'll have him; he, he's great." And um, Leeds a worker, and he works very, very hard. Um, a half-back flanker that's made good as as a, as a midfielder. Um, I wouldn't want to trade him because he gets the ball a lot. But if you ask him what he's worth, um, you might get, uh, you know, uh, uh, close to end of first rounder for him. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take anything less than that. Well, I wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't uh, get rid of him for a second rounder. What do you think, Fee? Yeah, it's an interesting call, isn't it? Um, you just gave me a minute there to think about it while you were answering. I don't know. I mean, when you look at the relative performances of Matt Crouch and Rory Laird, and if you have a look at. Um, the touches that Matt Crouch has been getting on the outside compared to Rory Laird, it does beg the question, has Rory Laird become too one-dimensional? Um, I would argue that he has. I would argue that Rory needs to give us something more um, than just coalface stats. Um, but I would be more inclined to trade Matt Crouch than Rory Laird. If you were going to trade Led, what would you want for him? Uh, you'd have to take some sort of first rounder. I don't think it'd be worth it for anything less than that. I agree. Yeah. All right, Arab, what's your next one? Next one is um, I was looking at like our midfield stock and I was just thinking, I don't, if we're just going to get someone like Flanders. And we're going to waste, I don't know, like I mean, probably a first rounder for him because that's how it seems the trend to be. I think we should hold off for one more year if we can't get like a really good midfielder. 
and see what we can get out of Barry next year and out of Sean Berg and out of maybe Dowling or Hugh Bond. Because there are some questions still there where it's like, um, do we, what, what are we going to get out of those players? Because Barry was doing really well in his second season. He was leading Tackler and Schoenberg and he's like, he's one hour rising star, I think, for like best young player for us. And I'm just wondering, like, do we really need to go hard for even like a, a B grade midfielder? Because that's all it seems like we're going to get this year. And I don't think we should do it. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, it's a very tricky question because you're probably right that we can't get a hold of an A-grade midfielder. Uh, and uh, Flanders is a, a very handy uh, midfielder, but he, he's probably not A-grade. So well, He's still young. He's still developing. True. That's true. But I don't know. Is he, is he out of contract, Flanders? Yes. Um, I think the thing that I would say to that is that what's the alternative? Um, what, what's the alternative to um, to using our our high draft picks this year? We, there's not a lot of stock available. Trade it up for next. We could we could trade into next year's draft. Absolutely, you're right. But if we wanted to because take a player needed. this year, if we wanted to take a player this year, then I think. You'd be better off using it in a trade scenario than uh, than actually plucking a player. Yeah, I think the only player that is like if we really wanted to is Zane Dursma because his sister plays for Port, his brother plays for Port Adelaide as well. So there is really like low um, go home factor with him, and I think like he's the only midfielder that we can really get our hands on. Or maybe even training up for Melbourne's um, first rounder pick because they might do it if we give them something really good. Like we've got North Melbourne's second rounder pick, which is pretty much I think like what pick twenty now, or is it pick twenty one? Yeah. And we've got like ours, and we can maybe even give up something like for next year's first or something. Maybe we could build it up and get something from North Melbourne's pick four, or would it be pick five or something like that because of free tied to Fremantle. And, yeah, I think we could do something like that. But, I don't know. What do you guys think? Look, as an, <laughs> as an overall thing, um, mate, and I haven't looked too closely at the permutations, but I don't think... I, I still think we need to take midfielders, and I'd be quite happy um, to have a look at uh, a trade-in. Um, they're slowly re-signing. Will Day's now re-signed, and, and uh, a couple of others. Uh, I don't think we'd get someone like a Bailey Smith out of Western Bulldogs, but I don't know whether we're quite there yet in terms of our midfielders. Um, we've got Barry that might come on. We've got Zach Taylor in the twos who, who you know, been set back through injury. Uh, Harry's just starting to show a little bit again. Uh, Saligo's showing a bit. We've got Luke Peddler who could be anything in the midfielder, so in the midfield, but I just think we could probably add a little bit of polish, a little bit of class on the outside um, still. I would love us to add something on, the, uh, on you know, a classier outside mid that we could actually give with, with real blistering pace that could disposal we could give the ball to. But um, I, I just can't see what there is out there. I mean, but the clubs know better than we do what, who's interested or who may be gettable, but 
uh, and I'd have no problem if we went down that path. Um, but if that doesn't, anything like that doesn't eventuate, I still think we should be concentrating the draft on getting, maybe using, we've got, I mean, we've got a situation where we've got a first round and we've got two second rounders and the second round, one of those second rounds is uh, North Melbourne's, as uh, Arab uh, said. That, um, so, you know, we could maybe use that to get in lower down the draft to, to get a good mid. That's, that's what I'd be trying to do. Yeah, but you're not going to get an elite like mid from from the second, third round, okay? No, my, our first rounder and uh, North Melbourne second rounder, and if necessary, even our other second rounder, if we could get right down into the pointy end of the draft. Well, I, w- I wouldn't mind loading up all our picks into a trade, absolutely, because I don't think... Um, I don't think that there's a huge amount of stock in this draft. And also, I don't think we're going to have a lot of spots. We're going to have the mandatory three spots, Mac, and that's about it. I don't think there's a lot of players on our list that they actually want to move. I think they will try to get a, a, a key back from somewhere, um, you know, which will leave us two spots. So there's not a lot of wiggle room, is there? No. Look, the, if you get rid of Krauts, it'll be four spots, in my opinion. Yeah. So um, you're quite right. You know, we're not going to be uh, have a lot of vacancies in in there, and, and if we do manage to bring somebody in, well, it doesn't leave a lot there. Yeah, it's McPherson's and, out. Um, oh, we talked about it last week. Who was it? McPherson, uh, Newchurch, um, Crouch, maybe Seisman, and and Seisman. Yeah, probably the four. They they were definitely go, and then. And, uh, um, yeah, that those three definitely will go. The McPherson, New Church, Seizman, and probably Crouch. And I'm not sure whether any others will go. Well, there's a bit of talk about Himmelberg. Um, Alex on the YouTube chat uh, mentions that Free are apparently interested. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit dangerous. Uh, that would be a little bit dangerous to get rid of uh, Elliot. Um, he's in good nick at the moment, by the way, in the twos. Um, but he may request a trade. He he may want to go for for more for more opportunity. Would you give up McAdam and um, Himmelberg for Cox from Fremantle? Yes. yes. Yeah. Every day of the week. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think Himmelberg is that big of a loss, to be honest with you. Because you got to think about it, we got Walsh coming up next year, and we got Gallant, and probably this year, with our second round, if we still have it, we're gonna get another forward. And um, what's his name? Like he's a South Australian as well. I forgot his name, but apparently he's really good as well. So there's like three forwards right there that can be our backup. Yeah. Um, you're doing very well, mate. I think we're gonna put you onto the uh, drafting team. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Haley's Haley's yeah. the other one that the chat points out that may not may not survive. Oh, oh, Brown, 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 yeah. Tyler Brown, yeah, yeah. So there could be four or five. So, do you think um, Thilthorpe can be a wingman utility kind of player instead of a rock forward? No, no, I but. You've got to think. Of, you've got to think of the fact of um, Walker's got 
next year and that might be his last year. Philthorpe's got to develop into a ruck forward, so there's no doubt about that. Because I'm just looking at the way he plays. It seems like that. Yeah, I look, Sorry. if he's going to be a forward, he's going to be a Nick Revolt forward, in my opinion. He's going to be a hard-running forward who's got good skills. Uh, 1990 talks about blitz halves, maybe. Um, to me, he's not a standalone big clunking mark forward. Um, I think he can definitely ruck, um, but... Uh, uh, he hasn't gone that well in the ruck. He's, he's almost, his value in the ruck is almost as an extra midfielder uh, when the ball hits the deck. I don't know how many times when he's rucking he actually ends up getting the clearance. Um, mm. I just think he's too, I think he's, potentially this is, because we haven't seen the best of Riley by any stretch, but potentially he's too good to be away from the ball for too long, and that's why I'd like to see him as our ruck. Yeah, I don't disagree with me. Um, he could potentially, if he, once he gets his act uh, together to what he is capable of doing and will be capable of doing, he could be a match-winning type of player. He's got the assets. It's just a matter of getting the, the belief and the mindset to do it. Mm. Yeah. All right, mate, that sounds like another podcast anyway, uh, Arab. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you're just talking just about these things every week and it's like, oh, not yet. <laughs> yeah, Arab, just let the, the uh, Crows know you're available for their drafting team there, mate. You did a good job there, I thought. That's Thank right. you. <laughs> we need I probably do a better mate. job than I would. <laughs> I definitely want to pick uh, Fisher Magassi in uh, pick six. That's what I want to do. Very, very good. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for <laughs> that. Right. Have a long time. Bye. Cheers. All right. Uh, love Arab's insight, and he's a uh, dead set keen. He brings up some good points. I like the fact that he's not out, not afraid to bring something out from uh, outside the square, mate. Oh, that was, it was a very good conversation, actually. I thought he did very well. Yeah, when we get to our uh, draft and trade week, uh, we'll have to get him on as a special guest, I reckon. Anyway, if uh, anyone else wants to have a chat uh, about things, then uh, you've got probably about 15 minutes before we wrap it up, so feel free. And uh, those on YouTube that uh, aren't in the chat, if you uh, if you get around us on Discord, the links are in our, in our socials everywhere, and I'll drop it in the description uh, when we finish the thing. Get it into our Discord. We've got... What have we got at the moment in Discord? 300 and something. Uh, quite a few. 341 members. Um, and really good, pardon me, match day chats and during the week chats. And uh, as you say, um, as you can see, uh, good chats on uh, podcast night. So uh, get around it. It's well worth it. All right, Mac. Uh, who else do we want to talk about just quickly? Um yeah. I was going to mention to you, um, Sloan. I thought he did an excellent job when he came on uh, for that quarter and a half when he came on. Uh, it's, it's obviously don't think he's got the uh, the pace for a full game, really, at the moment, in terms of the way we're structured. Um, would you sign him again next year? Uh, I wouldn't, but they will. Yeah. That's my same answer here. Okay. Uh, it can only be doing it because of loyalty for how good he has been to us. Um, 
But if he does play again next year, he's really only going to be uh, suited to the sub role, if anything. Well, my problem is that if they if they give him another year, which is likely, they'll be tempted to pick him. And he'll make it very hard for them not to pick him because his form in the twos will be excellent, right? So, yep. you know, they'll be tempted to pick him. And I just, you know... It, you know he's a, he's a he's a he's an exceptionally good AFL footballer. So when the game slows down and it comes to him, he's still able to show us everything that made him such an exceptional footballer. The problem is that that doesn't happen in the first, when the whips are cracking. You know early on, and we need to get games into younger players. You know, we've got Zach Taylor that hasn't abused yet because he's been injured. He's got to get a run. We've got Sam Berry who's missed most of the year. He's got to get a run. You know, these kids need games into them. We've seen, you know, Keane comes in and makes a difference. Borlase comes in and makes a difference. Worrell gets his chance and, and makes that position his own. We need, you know, looking down Curvis, another one. We need to let these kids have the keys and... Rory Sloan, and this is the same view that I have with Matt Crouch. Neither of them are in our next premiership team, Macca. And that's true. That's, and that's I'm not saying that they're not I'm not saying that Matt Crouch isn't necessarily best twenty two for us because on recent form he certainly deserves his spot. I'm thinking about how we're developing this side and I just feel like we need to make sure that we leave opportunities open for younger players. We need to get Rankin and Rochelle running through the midfield. You know, we need Lukey Peddler to build his engine so he can run through the midfield. Where's Rory going to play then? We've got halfback sewn up. You know, so we don't we don't we don't need him. Yeah, look it, it, to me it's, it's it's a real problem because you know Rory's been one of the sweethearts of the club in the sense that he's Always given his all, he's a hundred percent for the club. He's always done. He's the perfect guy. No, done doesn't do anything wrong. Um, and you know he's always given his best. But it's like any, anything and everything. Everything wears out in the end, and he's wearing out. And um, the fact that to, you know to play him as a sub now for two games in a row, if they if they don't even realise it themselves, they are actually. Doing that, they're saying to themselves, "He can't go a full game. We'll play him for half a game, so he can make an impact." So, what's he going to be next year? He's going to be he's going to be lesser again. And um, I don't want to see a situation where Rory, after the great career that he's had, then has to be dropped because he's not good enough, or retain and retain and keeping a young lad out. And when they uh, when they won't have the nerve to drop him when they should, so. Yeah, the, the easy way is to talk to him, get him to retire, make sure he's got a position in the club so that it can be seen that uh, he's valued and that he's still part of the club but not as a player. Um, I just think it would be a great, great mistake to give him one, a one-more-year contract. That's just my opinion. Uh, I was made to think differently, but that's how I see it. Well, I agree. Jad in the chat, chat mentioned, oh, can't speak, mentioned Zebel. Um I'm fairly yeah. comfortable that Trent Cotchin will retire at the end of the season. Um, he's another one, a similar vintage that, like, yeah. it, it's a it's a massive shame for Sloney that he wasn't able to get a flag. 
but he's not going to be part of the next flag. He's just he's just not going to be. There's no. I'd hate to see him go the way that Hodge and um, the other bloke left uh, Hawthorne. Um, you know, I'd just like to see them bow out. I'd just like to see them bow out, and it's hard when you've been when football's been your life and you've been such a, a key component of a, of a club for such a long period of time and you've got emotional ties to it and all the rest of it, but he just needs to accept the fact that it's done and go out on what has been a pretty good final year, if it turns out to be that. It's like he, he has not left any stone unturned this year. He's had really good patches. He's done really good things. He even took a grandpa hangout last week. You know, he's, oh, he's done That it. was a joke. It was a free kick. <laughs> he's 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 not had a bad season, but and I really hope that he sees it that way and decides that all right, that's it's time. I really hope it ends up that way, rather than we get him again in, in there next year as a player. Uh, certainly got him around the club because he's a great person, great personality, loves the club, and will do things for the club and and. He, I don't know if he fancies uh, going down the path of a coaching career. I think he would make a good one if he did uh, because he's got the right personality, but he's also got the right determination, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I'd, you know, he could learn his trade in that respect around the club. So I'd like to see him uh, stay at the club, but not as a player. All right. Uh, anyone else want to talk about before? Someone mentioned Nan Kervis and whether he was tapering. It was only his second game. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I think he did fine. He didn't make any mistakes. Uh, McAdam was an interesting one, Mac. Three goals. Um, very lively. Uh, just had... Like, I'll be happy to see... I'll be happy if the Crows involve Shane in a trade. But you can't deny the fact that he adds a little bit of energy to our forward line, doesn't he? A bit of X factor. X factor is the right word. He just, you think, I haven't seen much of McCabe all of a sudden he'll take a freak mark. I mean, that's, or he'll come from nowhere and get you, it was usually a freak mark, but he just be in the right place and get a goal, which he did uh, on the weekend as well as taking a hanger. So he's worthy of being in our team, but we've got players like Alant that um, could be playing up there in that role. Uh, we I think he's got about 28 now, 28, 29. Um, he's got value. McAdam, so I would be 27, 28, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against trading him, um, but I would, I'd want something for him because he can play. Chat saying he got beaten by Mac, uh, by MacAndrew. He, he certainly did. MacAndrew played fantastically, but what a strange matchup. MacAndrew got centimetres. <laughs> <laughs> very, very weird matchup that one. Um, but when McAdam started getting on his bike and making it a bit harder for McAndrew, that's when he had a bit of, uh, bit of luck. Oh, look, I've always been, I've had a soft spot for Shane McAdam. Uh, you know, all the way from when he came through and started playing for Sturt. Um, and I'm glad that he's had an AFL career, and I think he's been dead set stiff this year uh, with suspension and then injury. Um, you know, Port get a oh. wet lettuce leaf bloody fine for for two blokes concussed and, and Shane McKinnon gets three week for bloody hitting someone in the chest, for God's sakes. He's been dead set unlucky. Uh, look, 
I still think that that is a mis uh, what's the word it's, uh, a miscarriage of justice. He got two extra games because of the potential for hurt, for hurt. not because he did it. If that had happened in round fifteen, he would have got a week. If anything, he would have got a week. Yeah. It was what yeah. first or second round or whatever it was. And it was highly visible. Nothing had happened yet. So it was the first real controversial thing that had happened for the season. It just happened to be him and he got the brunt of it. And it's, you know, and then he gets injured and all the rest. So he's had a, he's had a, a really unlucky year. Um, so, you know, let's, let's hope that whatever happens, whether he stays on our list or whether he gets traded back home to Western Australia, that uh, he, it, it works in his favour. Yep. Um, all right. Well, look, uh, yeah, I think we've spoken about everyone. Is there anyone else you want to talk about, mate? I think we're pretty much done. Um, well, do we? I know whether we go Fogarty's uh, total juice. I, I, did you, did you, I saw him, uh, I mean, Hinge was our best player, but I, but I thought Fogarty was basically be regarded as our next best player on the day. Um, 19 disposals. Uh, ten marks, eight tackles, three goals, two. And I saw him in an interview after the game, and he was saying, and it, which is quite true, he's got to learn to consistently get on his bike rather than jostle with the player. And um, and I know that's been raised previously with him uh, many times, but even he's starting to recognise that now. And look what it, look how well he goes when he does that. I mean, the guy's got, uh, he's got. He, you know, he'll he'll to when once Tex retires. I mean, he'll be still a very very good forward to us because of the fact that uh, if he cuts out the jostling and leads as he does, he's just an outstanding player. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. I've just got his uh, I've got his tracker up on the screen. You can see that he's had quite a few possessions up on the wing, Mac, and that's where he makes himself hard to play against. If he gets on his bike, like you said, and gets up and back. And uh, you know the thing that the thing that Darcy doesn't do when he starts grappling is he doesn't give those secondary leads. You know, you know and mm. what you see Tex do really well when Tex is in good nick. He'll he'll do the he'll do the secondary lead, and um, it's so important for a leading forward to do that to get get their opponent out of position. Um, but when you're just body on body, it, and midfielders do the same. Like you can't get separation. When you're doing that, and uh, it was good to see Darcy get on his bike and uh, and take a few clunks because his hands haven't been great the last few weeks either. No, the thing I was, it was good that he was the one that raised the topic, not rather than somebody saying that you should be doing this. So uh, it was good to him for him to publicly say that that he's well aware that that's what he should be doing. Mm. And the last the last one that I can think of is Rochelle, which uh, uh, we've got. If Rankin was to be available next week, I think uh, Rochelle may well be the man to go out. Well, he didn't do himself any favours, Mac, but why would you drop him? Well, if, if say, Rankin is available next week, who do we drop? Well, I don't, I'd be thinking more Peddler than Rankin. Well, Peddler wasn't in the side, so... That's what he, I'm saying. He did that's what I'm saying. If Peddler comes back in, because they, they rested oh, him, yeah. I, I would yeah. bring Peddler in for Richelli. 
But then I, I, if it were me, I'd bring, I'd leave rank, I'd leave Rochelle in and bring Rankin and Peddler in for Murphy and Keys. But that's just me. But yeah, I don't, I don't think they would do that though. Thing. No, I'm saying that's what I'd do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when we, when when they're all available, who's going to be in and who's going to be out because none of them have really uh, well Rankin has. Uh, but of the others, Keith probably has stamped his position in the side, but because um, he's got no, versatility. Vardy says Keith more goals than Rochelle this year. I mean, that's completely immaterial in my opinion. We're talking about a young um, developing player. Yeah, but I, I think Keith has overall had a reasonably good year, though. Um, I'm, not so, saying he ha- I'm not saying that he hasn't. So. I just think we're going to get to that situation when that when everybody's available that somebody's going to be stiff. That's all. Well, I hope it's Ben Keys. <laughs> I, I don't have an opinion. I'm just on what, how they played this week. But Rochelle, I, I I wouldn't mind locking him back just to let him know that he, he's not indispensable. So if you want to play up in there and they great, play like it. I I can't see the point, Macca, to be honest with you. I can't see the point. It, you you pick the guy. I mean, look at what we're doing with... I, I've liked the way that we've worked with Riley Thilthorpe this year. Like, we gave him a little run in the twos at the beginning of the year just to, just yeah. to get him up. Yeah. And then since then, irrespective of his form, he's played in the ones. He's a, he's yeah. a first-team player. Josh Rochelle needs to be the same, in my opinion. Unless oh, he should cooked, be. Unless he's cooked or injured, he's playing in the ones, and so I don't see a I don't see a point in dropping him back to the twos just to remind him, like he needs to bring it at a grade level, in my opinion. Oh, I agree with that, and and I agree that it, um, long long term, um, I mean for years to come, he's going to be. Hopefully, one of our uh, first choice players all the time. Um, but I was very disappointed in his game on the weekend. Oh no doubt, I was too. It 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 he was playing like I said, he was playing like a seagull. Um, but I'd like to see him run through the middle. The only criticism I could have of the club this year is the way that we haven't rotated blokes like Josh and um, Rankin. And to a lesser degree, Peddler through the midfield, how we've treated Schomburg and Berry through the course of the season. In That's good. In instead in we've we've seen Sloan in, in the midfield for a long period of time. We brought Matt Crouch in, irrespective of form. I know Matt Crouch deserved and has deserved to hold his spot. But we've you know, uh, Ben Keys has been in there quite a bit. They're not the future. And we just need to expose these kids and let them take the keys and Pardon the pun. Let let them take control, and and it might take them half a season. Um, they've got Rory Laird in there for a bit of experience. They've they've got to gel together. They've got to play together. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, Boone. Um, but yeah, we'll just see because there is a situation where Jones is out, which does also makes another available spot there. So there's, there is a bit of room for movement. Hundred um, percent. All right, Mac. Well, look, I reckon that just about does us. What do you reckon? We've got uh, who we got? We got Brisbane next week. What's yeah, look, that's gonna be 
it's going to be a hard game in the sense that um, they've got a they've got a strong midfield and they've also got a good ruckman. Um, I think that Rob can neutralise the ruckman, and I think that uh, I mean Dunkley will, will never have another game like he played this week as bad as that. Uh, Neil didn't go too well uh, last week, but he started the fine form this week. So, you know, I, I think they, they will have a good midfield. And I think our biggest danger are the two tools up there where we might uh, be outsized. Um, but, look, I, I just I think they're vulnerable. I just think that um, if, our, if our boys really, really give it 100% because... Um, they really want to play as if they want to be in the eight, then I think we've got a chance. But um, if I had to bet money on it, I'd be back in Brisbane. Uh, I like Sleep Dizzle in the chat. says, I hope we take the game on from the get-go. I do too, because I think that Brisbane can be a bit one-paced through the midfield. Um, you know, they've got good, solid players, Zorko and Lockie Neal and... Uh, you know those tights through there, but they're not old, they're not overly quick in the midfield, and I think we've got an opportunity to get them coming back the other way. Um, I don't want us to see, I don't want to see us turn it into a scrap. I just think we play our brand, we play our open brand of footy, and uh, we play positive. And if we do that, then we've got to take our chances. And if we take our chances, I think we're a show. We're a show against any team when we play like that, Macker, in my opinion, at the moment. Yeah, you are right. We've got to, we've got to just take it on uh, and uh, bugger the consequences. I mean, it'll either work or it won't work. Yeah. It, losing is no shame at this stage of the year. And um, well, and the other thing is it's a free hit. It's a free hit, Macker. If we lose, we're not out of it, right? But if we win, we've got so much to gain. It takes a bit, you know, it pushes us. Like, we can still make the eight by losing to Brisbane. No one's expecting us to beat Brisbane at home. Brisbane are, are playing decent but not fantastic football, and they are a bit vulnerable. I I would hate to see us try to turn it into a 10 goals to eight match. I would love to see us try to to make it a shootout. Back Tech's in, yeah. back Fogarty in. Backs our, back our midfield in to move the ball quickly like we like we did um, at times the week before last um, and just see what Brisbane have got. Yeah, I 100% go along with that that philosophy. Um, yeah, just tell the boys to have a real crack at it and go, you know, just go for it 100%. And uh, look, if you get it right, the reward, rewards will be there. And if you don't, we'll be, still be alive next week to play another game. And on that note, look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube. It's been fantastic to see all your support once again. Don't forget, you can join us on Discord. Just follow the links in the description or on our socials. Um, and uh, if you are watching YouTube uh, and uh, you like what you see, come back again and give us a like and give us a subscribe. We're, our subscription's just inching up, Macca. Just inching up. Well, that's the way to go. Just inching up. <laughs> um, so we're not going to hit our target this year, but it, it has been really good growth. So don't forget to spread the word, share it with your friends, all the rest of it. If you're listening on iTunes, for God's sakes, give us a review. We haven't had a review, a good review on iTunes for a while. <laughs> so uh, they all complain about you, Macca, on iTunes. Do they really? What do they say? <laughs> 
it's too late i'll tell you i'll tell you another time (laughs) in the meantime have a good week everyone and we will see you next week for another weekend wrap bye-bye see you guys see ya